Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. And Matthew 6, we're going to look back on where we ministered at this past Sunday. Um, don't worry, don't worry, you're valuable to him. You remember how the Lord, well, we'll just read Matthew 6, 25, reads as follows. Therefore, I say unto you, say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow uh, nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they when you look at this text, it tells us very simply, do not worry. Do not worry. And it's interesting about it. We talked about this a little bit Sunday. He didn't even tell you why you shouldn't worry. He didn't tell you the consequences of worrying. He just says simply, do not worry. Do not worry. And he goes on to say things you shouldn't worry about. You shouldn't worry about what you eat, what you drink, or what you're going to put on your body. It's life, it's life, not life more than food and the body more than clothing. So evidently, and of course, we talked about this and I'll continue to remind you of this, that he's going to supply every need. That God is going to supply every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, another, um, I believe it's the book of Psalms. Anyway, it says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging for bread. God is going to take care of his people. He's going to take care of his people. Say it with me. God's going to take care of me. That is so important for me to get. So anytime that I think I'm not going to have enough food, something to eat, something to drink, or something to put on my body, I I need to look again because I know God is going to do his part. One thing about God, his word should not return back to him void. It's going to accomplish everything he's sending out to do. So we know God's going to take care of y'all. Going to take care of all of us. Going to take care of his people. Going to take care of his church. And he's going to take care, especially his children. And we appreciate that. We're so grateful for that. And then it says in verse 26, if you don't think so, he says, quit looking at what you've been looking at and look at the birds for a moment. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither know something he said that's very interesting. Because, you know, one thing about Jesus, Jesus just doesn't... um throwing words out. He just said, he says certain statements for a reason. He says this, look at the birds of the air. The birds neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns. So we've learned from this particular text, he instructed the multitude not to worry. In fact, Jesus told the crowd to look at the birds of the air as they neither sow, neither do they reap, nor gather in the barn, barn, barns. They don't scatter seed. They don't reap or gather a harvest. And they do not assemble together in a barn. Yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. Now, one thing you, you notice about that, these are all things that we can do as believers. As believers, in fact, we have the wonderful opportunity to sow, reap, and gather a harvest. We got the opportunity to do that. Birds, ain't, birds can't do that. Very unique. In fact, 
if you think about it for a moment, every believer, true believer, that's how they live. They're going to sow. Every true believer is going to sow. They're going to sow, and then when they sow, you know they're going to reap. Because every true believer is going to expect God to do something, what he said according to his word. And then they're going to get a harvest. In fact, let's go over to Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Hope that we're coming back to it. But I want to kind of show you that just for a moment. Genesis 8 and verse 22. Every believer, this is going to take place in their life. In fact, the way he puts it, everybody is going to walk in this. Genesis 8, 22. While the earth remains. How many are on the earth right now? Anybody know you're not? Anybody think you're not on earth? All right. Just want to make sure. Everybody on earth right now. You're not on Mars. You're not on Pluto. You're not on Uranus. You are on what? Earth. While the earth remains. Notice what's going to happen. Seed. Time. And harvest. Of course, the rest of it says cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. But notice that last part, shall not cease. So every believer, there's going to be a seed, there's going to be time, and there's going to be a harvest. And we as believers, we have the opportunity to reap a harvest. We got time, when I say harvest, we got time to gather our increase up. We got time to gather our increase up. So, Because every believer believes in sowing. In fact, I found out that individuals in the body of Christ, many of us have no problem in sowing, but sometimes we just we just fail to receive the harvest that God has promised to us. And I know God has promised us a harvest, and he has given it to each and every one of us. Why? Because he said, see, time, and what? Harvest. That's his word, not mine. I ain't got to back this up. So every believer is going to receive a seed, it's going to be time, and we're going to have a harvest. So I thank God that, listen, I thank God that each one of you is going to have a harvest. Each one of you. As long as you got a good seed in the ground, give it some time. I don't know how much time, but you're going to get a harvest. That's why he says don't get weary and well-doing. For in due season, you're going to reap if you faint not. Why? Because the earth, the earth loans we on the earth. This is what you got to understand. When you leave earth, that's different. But as long as you're walking around, there's going to be a seed, there's going to be time, and there's going to be harvest. And we should be in a position that we're going to receive that. That's the difference between us and the birds. We sow and seed, we're going to get a harvest. Now, the birds can only gather a certain amount that they put out there. They, go, they get there, they, they ain't got nowhere to put it in. That's why he said they don't even gather in the barn. They ain't got nowhere to put it in. We can gather stuff and put it in a savings account. We can put stuff in our house. If you don't believe me, I, I challenge some of y'all to go to y'all closet right now and watch y'all born and see how much stuff is in there right now. Thank y'all for the four amens right there. I know don't act like you don't. I ain't talking to about two or three of y'all in the room right here. Some of us got some stuff in our closet. I'm thinking about it. What am I going to do with this stuff right here? It's time to start sowing some more stuff out. Hallelujah. To get some more in return. Now, let's go back into our text tonight. Matthew 6 and 27. It's going to, this is a unique passage to me. Of course, he just picks it up from where we left off Sunday. Jesus goes on to show us how unproductive worrying is to our lives. Notice what he says. Which of you by worrying? 
Which of you by worrying? Which of you by trying to take thought? Which of you by being anxious? Which of you are troubled with the cares of this life? Which of you have allowed the life to be strangled out of you? Which of you by worrying can add something to it? Which of you by worrying? Worrying, let me say this to you, is is a challenge that I think, now this, this is my personal opinion, I think every believer is challenged with worry at some point in their life. This is my opinion. I don't really know. I haven't, I haven't surveyed every person in the world to find out whether or not this is true. But in my opinion, most people are challenged by worry. We have to do what Jesus said do in the, in the text. We got to choose not to do it. It's a choice we make. I'm not saying that, that you're going to, uh, it's not going to attack you. Because one thing, I, when I read a text like this, it's almost like saying, sooner or later, you have an opportunity to worry. But don't do it. Don't do it. I know, I know you have a lot of things to challenge you in your life and a, a lot of stuff you're going to see with your natural eyes and it's going to cause you to want to worry. Don't do it. Now, this is the thing you got to understand. And I'll, I'll get to this in a few minutes. Even though he tells you, don't worry, and you're challenged not to do it. One thing you got to ask yourself, who is going to handle this problem that I'm thinking about right now? Who's going to handle it? Who, who or what is going to handle it? And if I'm depending on the, the person or the entity to handle it, do they have the resources in order to handle it? Because, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. But he says this. He shows us how unproductive worrying is for our life. In this case, the Lord prompts us with a powerful question. Who is worrying and expecting to add something to their statue? Who is worrying and expecting to add something to their statue? That's what we said. Who by worrying can add one cubit to his statue? Now, add, it says, Join to, gather with, or put to something to the statue, which is, could be an age, could be time, could be maturity, could be length of time, could be high, length of life that is, and height. Who by worrying can add life by worrying? Who by worrying can gather length of life or time, more time than what you really already have? Who can do it? And every, and, I, and you think about the things you worry about or the things that you're tempted to worry about. You got to ask yourself the question, is what I'm dealing with something that falls in this category? Because he says, the Lord is saying, if you're trying to ask something about worrying, you're going about it the wrong way. Going about it the wrong way. I, who can add more money to your account by worry. Who can add healing to your body by worry? Who can add deliverance to your life by worry? I thought about this. Now, this, you might, you might not, run, not, not, excuse me, you may not have run across this, but I've seen this more than one time. I found that sometimes the worrying, sometimes is not about the individual. 
is that that somebody is worried about somebody else. Worried about somebody else. They are in in anxiety. They're taking thoughts after thought after thought after thought about somebody else. They're troubled with with somebody else's cares. They, they, They are allowing the life to be strangled out of them because of somebody else's actions. Mm-mm-mm. Now, I know we don't see this here at OCC, but in case you run across somebody like that, you better understand that you can't change other folks and what they do. Because people going to be people. And if you want to get frustrated in life trying to control people's actions. Boy, that'll mess you up left and right. Man, you, let, let me tell you something. You'll be losing sleep while they in, the, in mischief sleeping like a baby. Notice what Job did back in his day. Job was so concerned about his children, his children were partying like it was 1999. And then Job would get up and make the sacrifices for his own children. Until he could make no more sacrifices for them. But notice who was doing all the praying, all the spiritual life. They were partying. Now, I'm just paraphrasing, but that's basically what it says. Is that they were partying. Job's children were partying. And then Job were making the sacrifices to God. God, don't hold it to account. Now, I, let me say this to you. It's imperative that we pray for our loved ones. But some stuff we're praying for, well, I, let me just say a couple of them. I'm going to get to this in a moment. It's just not in the will of God for you ask them to bless somebody out of the will of God because they want to do right. Pray to get saved. That's what you pray. There's some family members I love dearly, but you know what? I don't pray to God do anything except save them. I mean, you know, let's face it. What else can you pray for? I can't pray to get a million dollars, but they end up losing their soul. I need to pray that they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. That's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for that because I believe that's in the will of God for all of us. All of us. Now, who can add one statue to the life? No matter how much a person is anxious, our Savior tells us that they cannot join together one single, excuse me, one cubit to bring increase in their life. Which of you by worrying, notice what he says here, can add one cubit to his statue? One, a single unit. A cubit is a measure of length equal to the distance from the joint of the elbow. Let me see, can I show you my elbow real quick? Right in here somewhere. To the tip of the finger. That's what they considered a cubit. Now, they say that's approximately 18 inches. Well, I haven't measured my, I haven't measured mine. If it's 18 or a little more, a little less, then that's so be it. But the thing that you understand, that's what a cubit was. Now, Which of us, by worrying, can add, let's say, for example, it is 18 inches. Which of us can add 18 inches to our life? I want to be, I want to be, let's say I'm, I'm uh, let's say I'm six feet now. I want to be uh, seven, eight. I want to add 18 inches. Lord, let me grow 18 inches tonight because I want to play NBA tomorrow. I want to be ready in October to be in, uh, play with the Warriors, me and Steph Kirby. 
in the world would call myself to grow 18 inches? In? This is not just speaking. You think about that. Which of us can add one single unit to our life, but knows how we're doing it? We're trying to do it by word. We're not doing it by faith. We're not doing it by praying. We're not doing it by believing God. We're doing it by worrying. And many times we'll spend time worrying and looking for results that only God can give us. Only God can give us. Natural effort cannot substitute for believing God by faith. As Hebrews 11 and 6 describes for us. Natural effort cannot substitute for believing God. No matter what you're doing in life, you got to be an individual that believes God. And notice what Hebrews 11 and 6 says. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God knows that he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We've got to be individuals who operate by faith. In fact, the only way you're going to please God is you got to do it by faith anyway. The only way you're going to please God is not by worrying. It's that you got to get it by faith. Now. This text is a portrait of someone who is trying to add one cubit in every scenario they come up with ends up with them not getting they desire. And this is what I thought about. Word is like when I thought about when I thought about what he said, I was looking at somebody who's trying to add a cubit or a statue to him and they trying everything they can think about. But every scenario comes back negative. All right, I'm going to do it like this. All right, all right, all right. Let me think about this a moment. Okay, if I add this, subtract this, do this, do that, I get what I'm looking for. But then they look at the end. No, that ain't going to work right there. So let me look at something else. And so they keep going again. And they keep going over and over and over and over again in their mind about how to figure out this certain scenario. Now, this is what you need to understand. One thing when I was studying this that I came to the conclusion is this. We still, we need to do some things ourselves. But we get to the point where you say, you know what? Hey, ain't, ain't no more I can do about this. Uh, let me put it to you in modern day terminology. Let me just go on to sleep. <laughs> Why am I up and God up at the same time? I'm going to go on to sleep and let God do what he do. Are y'all following me here? Why am I lose, why am I missing this good meal right here when God said, I'll take care of, it, of your problems if you let me do Oh, I'm going to go and eat this meal right here. Cause see, you can miss a good television program, word. Thank y'all for the five amen right there. Cause I have, I'm, I'm so glad for, for DVR, brother. Cause I have been worried about stuff and missed the whole thing that I was, I was looking at right there. I had to stop it and rewind it cause I don't remember nothing I saw. I have been reading the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me, the Bible, studying scripture. And been thinking, listen, call myself reading, but thinking about this problem I had over here on the, on the right somewhere. It was not even, was not beneficial to me. Had to go back and read the scripture all over again. Because I did not get what I was supposed to get out of that scripture. I have been praying, and, and well, I thank God for praying in tongues. I ain't going to lie to you. 
Because sometimes I'm praying, I'll be praying in my English, boy, my English mind be going to different places. But I know the Holy Ghost be hitting it right on the, on the money, boy. Holy Ghost don't miss, y'all. Holy Ghost don't miss. Boy, Sister Mary, you hit that thing on the nail, boy. You got you need the Holy Ghost to pray. Because that Holy Ghost be hitting it right on the nail, boy, every time. Listen, my mind be in uh, two, ten buck two. Uh, excuse me. I don't know what the place is called, but we just say ten buck two. Out there somewhere. And But the Holy Spirit be getting right on that prayer, boy. On that prayer. Be touching the lives of God's people. And see, this is what you, it's something else I thought about too. Because when I looked at that, because many times we would spend time, energy, and even resource trying to create a solution to a situation only Jesus can solve it is, if it is will. I wonder, when I, think about the request for a moment. Add one cubit to your stature. What if that wasn't the will of God? This is a thought. I ain't saying it was. I'm not saying it is. But which of us can add one cubit to our stature? But what if God don't want to add one cubit to your stature? What if you are okay the way that you are? What if your physical is okay the way that you are? And God is saying, I finna add nothing to you. You okay the way you are? Oh, you remember the prayer? Lord, what did Jesus say? I, I, I pray that you move the cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It wasn't his will to move the cup, was it? He didn't move it, neither did he. Thank God he didn't. And sometimes we asking God to move stuff. He said, hold on, hold on. I ain't ready to move it yet. Some of us going through trials and tribulation right now. We've asked God to move. And God said, I ain't finna move it yet because you ain't ready yet. You ain't learned your lesson yet. And, and you know me. Well, I don't know y'all. I know my prayer is this. God, I think I learned everything I need to learn out of this. We need to move on to something else. I need to go to the next class. We need to change class. Let that bell ring and let me go to the next class. Now, you stay right here. But God, I've been in this trial, in my opinion, long enough. I got, only got, I got one brother in the front that heard that. Y'all, y'all, y'all pray for the rest of them. I didn't be telling God this like that, okay? This is me talking. But I realized, though, in, in, in my in spiritual man, not my natural mind, that God knows what's best for me. So some stuff... We're praying for asking God to move. And that's why we get frustrated with because God ain't, he said, I ain't finna move this. I ain't finna move this. You ain't, mm-mm, you ain't ready yet. You ain't ready yet. Yeah, I know you in your mind you think you ready, but, oh. <laughs> and, and, I, and I agree with God. With y'all, when it comes to me, I got a personal thing about that. Y'all missed that, didn't I, I'm, Let me try that one more time. When God says, Oh, I don't need to move this out of your life or your life or your life. I said, yeah, God, you don't need to move that because they ain't ready to do something. Else. But come to me. I'm like, man, I'm ready. <laughs> Woo! Glory! But God is saying, hey, Dobbs, you, you can say that too. What you mean, God? I'm Pastor Dobbs, Pastor of Overcomers Christian. God, God ain't moved by our titles. Let me get that up front to you. God is not moved by your titles. He is moved by our obedience. Obedience is what? Better than sacrifice. Oh, God. Oh, you ever never told God, you, 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 you know, I think I've had this mortgage long enough. I have paid this thing faithfully for the X number of years. I think I'm ready to move on, God. God, I'm ready to move on from making X number of dollars now. I, I'm telling me going to the next level. And, and, you, and, and, and you ain't real if you ain't prayed this prayer right here. Lord, I think about time me to retire. 
I have worked long enough. God, I did put my time in. Something I time somebody else get there. What I need now, God, for you to drop about two or three, five, fifteen, twenty-eight, thirty-two million in the account. And then I go ahead and put my two-week notice in. And I see you when I see you. Deuces. If you, you ain't really never told God that question right there. So, but sometimes things just not in the will of God. And you need to know what's in the will of God. So I was thinking about this. The request that he's prayed here, which of you by add word can add one cubit to a statue? What if the will of God was not to add one cubit to the statue? Then the request is, is nullified as well. The request is nullified. It's not a real request. Why did I say it's real? But God not going to move on anyway. And so you can worry about it. You can be anxious. You can be losing sleep over it. You can go through a whole bunch of changes, but God's not getting ready to move it yet. And you got to be content with God's will for your life in that area. That's why I love Jesus, because he knows what's best for us. Oh, he knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for us. And this is the thing I thought about. Now, I, I want you to get this. When you try every scenario you can think about, and some of us have a wonderful imagination when it comes to scenarios and you still can't come up with a solution that means you need to stop right there and let God have the rest of it like when you give hey when you do your best in giving hey you gotta let God give it back unto you good measure press down shaking together and running over when you pray and you pray you believe I ain't talking about you never pray. I'm talking about you pray. I'm asking God to do this, that, and the other. When you pray, you got to believe God going to do what he said according to his word. But you can't do it for him. God going to do it in his own time and his own way of doing it. I mean, you know, this is what you need to understand. We got to trust God with the results. We got to trust God with the results. And let me say this to you. I'm preaching to you just like I'm preaching to myself. Because this is real to me right here. Which of you by word can add one cubit to your statue? I'm telling you, you can try all types of scenario. And some of us, we're going to figure some stuff out, too. And and let me say this to you. Even some things you figure out may not still be the answer that God wants you to have. You still got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because I know I come up with some answers, y'all. I come up with solutions to different uh, problems in my life. But sometimes when I I come up with a solution and I think about it, And I say, Lord, you know what? That's not what you want me to do right now, is it? See, one of the advantages you can have as you uh, live in life and you do what's right by people is you have options. But not every option is a godly option. Everybody knows what I'm saying about that. That's one of the, uh, I'm going to throw a credit term out there. See, credit is good, but credit also gives you options. If you don't know how to handle the options, you can mess your credit up. Everybody understand that. I want you to understand, especially our young people coming up with, with uh, getting credit and doing things like that. You can mess your credit up because you got so many different options. I'll give you a quick example. I was in school, and when I got my junior, around my junior, senior year in college, they sent me these uh, credit cards, get me started. I mean, I got them about 10 to 15 of them. And, uh, uh, and I probably applied and got five of them at least, maybe seven to eight. But I had to be careful. Because I could have messed my credit up bad. Because they got each one of them and just got me $500. And 
Ooh, call myself gonna pay five dollars a month back. Y'all know about that right there, but let me <laughs> five months back. Ooh, shot that teeth. I've been messed up. They would save me. A, a friend of mine was a finance major. We used to hang out. Uh, he came to me. He said, "Now, Dobbs, all the credit card can come to you now. This is what you do. You get your little gas card, spend about twenty dollars, and pay it back. Don't get no more than that now." And fortunately enough, I, I heard, I listened to him, and that helped to build my credit just by doing that little right there. Now, I'm not saying you're gonna take that route, but I'm just saying just in case you don't want to. That option, because options can mess you up. Options can mess you up. You got to be led by the Holy Spirit when it comes to that. All right, now, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Again, my, my point is this. Every time you come up with a solution, make sure you're led by the Holy Spirit. Make sure you're led by the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe this is why God tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Sight is external or outward appearance, natural ability. Because faith takes us the rest of the way where natural ability cuts off. That's what we just talked about. Faith will take you the rest of the way where natural ability cuts off. When you give, that's what you do. When you give your tithe, you give your offering, you look for God to give you guidance, give you wisdom. You look for God to help you along the way. Let me tell you, when you pray and you you want to live a life that's pleasing to God, and let's say, for example, you mess up. Thank God for the word because it gives us repentance. When you repent, that's all you can do. I mean, when you repent, you spend your time asking God to forgive you. I mean, it's only so much repentance you can do. Once you repent, you repent. Now, you do steps that God tells you to do when it comes to changing maybe environments or certain habits. You do that. But after you do that, there's only so much. You can't worry about messing up when you, after you mess up. Because worry can mess you up. And cause you to mess up what you've already got or, try, or quote unquote got straight. And godly results may not turn out the way we think. But God always has a better plan for his people. We need to get that. God always has a better plan for his people. I truly believe, as I talk to y'all, this, everyone this evening, that God has a plan, for in, in, an individual plan for each and every one of us. And that plan is better for you than I can, anything I can think about. God has a plan for you. But you got to know him. You got to have a fellowship with him. You got to have a relationship with him. You got to make sure you build your relationship with him to follow the plan of God for your life. Because you, you'll think something like this. Uh, when I say do not worry, even though I read to you scripture, you're like, man, that's impossible. I've been worrying my whole life. And you tell me now to stop worrying? Just cut it off cold turkey? You don't have to get in the word. Every time you're tempted to worry, you're going to say, hey, Jesus told me not to worry. He told me not to worry. And you and learn this trick. I can call it a trick, but learn this, this principle. Replace worry with faith. Replace worry with faith. Whatever you're thinking about, trying to figure out, find scripture, quote that, pray that, and let God work in your life. 
and it will work together for your good. Go to Romans 8, 28, my last scripture. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the call according to his purpose. Good is useful, pleasant, agreeable, and I like that last definition, happy. All things are working for our good, as Romans 8.28 promises. God has supernatural solution with unlimited results. While worry, we don't want you to worry. You only got so many solutions anyway. God has every solution to every problem you'll ever come up with. He got the answer. Somebody say God has the answer. Let's make it personal. God has the answer for me. Amen. I'm done. Let's let's stand to our feet. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.